This is the IDP After Show. Welcome to the IDP After Show. This is the week two episode of the Ranking Show, where I, Jace Abbey, get to discuss my weekly IDP rankings with some of the best IDP minds around. Every week, I will look at some of the biggest movers in my rankings from the previous week, highlighting and discussing some guys I have higher or lower than consensus. Tonight, I'm excited to be able to share and compare my rankings with those of an IDP legend, content lead and ranker for 4 for 4, Mike Green Dot Wallet. Mike, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a massive pleasure to have you on tonight. How are you? All the better for, um, for having some, some football back in our lives? Yeah, it's uh, it's time to go. Uh, I guess as as you say, uh, dot hunting. So you know, I had the first week trying to figure out who uh, who who has it. There was one instance though with the with the Cowboys game, like the cameraman was cut right off of of Leighton Vander Esch, and I'm like, pan up just like two second, two more like two more inches so I can see, but it wasn't him. Uh, but yeah, we're 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 back in full force. I only feels like a couple of weeks ago that the Super Bowl happened and now all of a sudden we've got uh we've got real football in our lives again. That's it. That's it, right? Um so yeah, these these early weeks I find uh, I'm sure you do too are, are really crucial, right? Um, loads of the questions we had for for months uh, are starting mm-hmm. to get answered and you know patterns are starting to emerge that we can take advantage of if we're paying uh, close attention, right? So uh, and I figure that's where we come in um, to help those fancy managers out there make sure that they're equipped with the knowledge they need to sort of hopefully win their win their fantasy matchups in week two. Um, yeah. So yeah, looking, really looking forward to it. So let's let's dive straight in um, and let's kick uh, things off with with everyone's favorite position, your favorite position, uh, linebackers. So yeah, as my guest, it's your honor to go first. Which linebackers are you really high on for week two and why? So, so last week, well, actually my, what do I guess you can say one of my bigger movers, um, I had Ernest Jones ranked 13th last week. I have him actually ranked fifth this week. I, uh, I really like the matchup with the 49ers. Uh, the, the 49ers actually yielded, um, I think 21 total tackles to the Steelers last week. So Quan Alexander led the way Cole Holcomb had some tackles. So, I've got Ernest Jones as my LB five this week. So I think he's in a pretty good matchup. He's an every down linebacker. Um, and uh, I think he's going to be in a really good position to, to make some tackles against that 49er offense. It's going to probably run the ball, pass the ball with Christian McCaffrey. He's probably going to be in position to make some tackles on George Kittle. So uh, for me, start Ernest Jones with all of, uh, with all the confidence this week. Yeah, I like it. I like the call. I'm, uh, I'm not far behind uh, Jones. On uh, with, uh, compared to you, I've got him at uh, A in my rankings. Um, but the first guy I've uh, selected here is uh, is Jerome Baker uh, of the of the Dolphins. Um, uh, I've got him ranked at number forty three. That's one behind uh, Terrell Bernard and one ahead of Jermaine Pratt. And that seems a little low. I could probably could bump him a little bit in the rankings there, but um, it wasn't that far back. Um, I kind of expected uh, David Long to earn that full time role in uh, Fangio's defense, and I. I assumed Baker would be the man coming off the field at times, but that's that's, that's as you know, not what uh, what happened in uh, in week one. Uh, Baker was there every down, and, and Long mm-hmm. had a, a really sort of pitiful 
sort of twenty one percent snap share. Even even Andrew Van Dinkle uh, Ginkle played more uh, than Long did, uh, much more in fact. So yeah, you know, as as IDP managers, unless uh, we're playing in a league uh, that rewards sacks highly, we've kind of grown a little tired of Baker's sort of poor tackling efficiency over the years. And that's yes. been largely, largely <laughs> result of the fact that he blitzes all the time, right? So um, so I see it as a positive. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was encouraging, at least in most scoring formats, that he only blitzed four times against uh, the Chargers mm-hmm. in week one and, he put, and that he put up eight tackles as well. That's that's pretty good going. Um, so yeah, I think if he's continued to be, uh, to be used in the same way going forward, he'll become less of a sort of the boom or bust type that we've seen in, in recent years and more of a sort of a consistent, reliable linebacker um, for us to use. So yeah, I think, I think he's got a good chance to produce his, his best season in, in quite some years. Um, so yeah, Baker at uh, not the number one spot, but he's definitely one of my linebackers that I'm higher on than, than most going into week two. Yeah, the, uh, the David Long was was interesting considering kind of the you know they didn't break the bank for him but you know they they spent some money on him in free agency so you're thinking okay at the very least he's going to have a full-time role and then you look 17 snaps and you're seeing why Andrew Van Ginkle who's typically an edge rusher why are they using him as as an off-ball linebacker in addition because I mean you've got uh, obviously, you got Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, but Andrew Ginkle is not really an off-ball linebacker, so that was a little bit odd to to say yeah. the least. Totally, yeah, really, really strange one. Um, but yeah, all aboard uh, Baker uh, for the time being, um, until or unless anything changes. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I could probably, as I say, moving up my rankings a little, slightly on the low side, but um, I, I'm. I'm preaching some sort of uh, sort of caution. Uh, you know, one week's a really small sample size, isn't it? So um, yes. let's 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 see it for a couple of weeks, and then he'll continue to move up my rankings if he continues to be used in the same way. So that's where I'm that's where I'm at. Um, so yeah, who who's next for you at linebacker that you like this week? So I was actually very surprised, or not surprised, but I mean, I guess you could a little surprised. Uh, Quincy Williams had 100 percent of the snap, so. Um, he, the, the Jets are, are primarily a, a two linebacker system. You know, Quincy Williams has been about an 80 to 85 snap guy. So he was in on a hundred percent of the snap. So I'm, I'm definitely keen on, on a guy who's not leaving the field. Um, Dallas is going to be an interesting offense to target. Um, I know they didn't allow very many tackles to, to the linebacker position last week. Uh, although Micah McFadden had 10 tackles, just three solos. But um, we're going to see how this offense is going to be with without Zeke Elliott if Tony Pollard is going to kind of command that same type of, um, uh, I guess, touches, command those same type of touches, those same type of carries. Um, so I think I still like Quincy Williams. Uh, like I said, I'm going to like I like a guy who's going to get 100 percent of the snaps. Uh, it looks as if, though, that might be the case. New York's defense could be on the field a little bit more now often now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. So you could have more three and outs. So with, with Zach Wilson at the helm, so we could see that defense on the field a little bit more often, but as we saw, it's a pretty good defense. So they're going to also limit some three and outs. They're going to, you know, turn around the tables themselves. 
but when you get a lot of snaps, you can't tend to get a little gassed. So, um, but I do, but I, but I am a, a, a fan of, of Quincy Williams's usage and how, uh, and how the jets deployed two linebackers um, on, on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there, right there with you. Um, I've got a bunch of uh, Williams shares. Um, I've, I've liked him for a little while. He's one of those guys that doesn't really get the credit. I think he deserves sometimes. And I, I was thinking uh, as to why that might be. And I, I believe it's because he's missed a couple of games, but at least two games mm-hmm. uh, for uh, in each of the last two years since he moved from, uh, from Jacksonville. Like you said, he's, he's kind of, uh, he's always had a, a, a pretty big role, uh, 80% yeah. upwards. Um, but um, he never really gets the credit he deserves, I think, because he's missed a couple of games and, uh, you know, his yearly finishes and probably where people wanted it to be. But, um, you know, he signed that big uh, that big deal, or mm-hmm. big-ish deal, three years, 18 million uh, back in like, March. Um, so we kind of knew that they, they wanted him there. They wanted to keep doing what they've been doing with him. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome to see him, uh, like you say, play, play that every down role alongside Mosley and, um, let's yep. just break and manage a full season. Not not labeling him as as injury prone, um, but yeah, let's hope he can he can see out a full season. And if he can, I think he's got every chance to have a really good year. So yeah, I like the call. Yep. Um, so yeah, my my next guy, uh, Cody Barton, uh, Washington Commanders. Um, That's I've got him ranked- my guy. All right, my guy. Yeah, right. So I've got him ranked uh, 35, one behind uh, Alex Anzalone and one ahead of the aforementioned Quincy Williams. Um, so yeah, we knew we knew all along uh, there was going to be sort of one every down linebacker role in that scheme. And um, I, again, similarly to my last guy, I initially expected it to be somebody else, Jameen Davis in this case, uh, following the... Uh, um, the departure of Cole Holcomb. Um, but then, yeah, uh, Cody Barton came along, muddy in the waters a little. Even so, I still believed it would be Davis who would be given that nod as the as the full-time guy there. Uh, enter week one, um, Barton's playing every down, and Davis had a sort of a 60, 65% snap share. Um, maybe the commanders grew tired of Davis off, off-field concerns. Um, maybe they just preferred Barton as a player. Uh, either way, you know, Barton's production wasn't, anything to get too excited about. He only managed uh, three solos and an assist, but I think better weeks are ahead based on how we saw him used last week. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with, uh, with Barton. I like what I'm seeing in terms of his usage. Uh, again, it's only one week, but it's pretty clear. I think that split between Barton and, and Davis. So I'm, I'm aboard the Barton train. Yep. So Mike, uh, any other linebackers you like for week two? Uh, yeah. You know what? I think, um, the Saints, uh, Pete Werner, actually, um, another guy who I thought might be kind of that 75, 80%, but again, him and Demario Davis were both 100% snap share guys. So, uh, again, the Saints look to be maybe uh, that two linebacker system where they're going to deploy two linebackers, that nickel package, quite, a f- quite often. Um, so, Pete Werner, for me, higher tackle efficiency, look to have uh, a, a look to have a better range than than Demario. Um, but Carolina last week, um, I think they allowed, um, they allowed 19 total tackles. So Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson both had really solid games. Uh, so I look for, for Pete Werner to, uh, to continue his, his tackle efficiency. I think he was in, um, that 14 to 15 range last week. Um, and as long as he's on the field, I'm, I'm a big fan of Werner. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be in for a big season, but yeah, I like the matchup this week against Carolina. Um, so I am, I've got him, I think, as my LB21 this week. So 
right there within that uh, solid LB2 status for this week uh, and someone you can trust, I think. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because uh, Werner was my third guy too. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's good. It's good that we're both on the same page in this sense. We discussed um, none of this stuff, by the way. So anybody yeah. who's listening, we have no, we, <laughs> we had no idea anybody that we were talking about. So that's right. I, I kind of like that as well um, because, uh, you know, there'll, there'll obviously be some crossovers, um, but at the same time, it's kind of reinforces each other's point. We both like the same person. So, yeah, I'm I'm on board with uh, with Werner. Uh, he's, I've got him ranked lower than you at 33, um, mm. one behind uh, Patrick Queen and one ahead of uh, Anzalone. Um, I, I kind of feel like Werner I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like he's he's a guy that I've been waiting to to take over uh from mm. <laughs> from davis for it feels like forever but it's 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 only been a couple of years um uh enter joe woods as the new dc and and like you say last last week we finally saw werner become that that full-time guy but it wasn't uh, a passing of the torch as you mentioned it was uh you know it was it was uh, you know old man demario davis also played every day yeah. so that was that was really nice to see um yeah, davis it doesn't Warren, seem like doesn't seem like demario is going anywhere anytime soon <laughs> no, he's 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 never going to retire. He's be playing when he's forty-five. He's going to be uh, giving giving all his old people hope everywhere that we can still make it. So yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, Davis wore the green dot, uh, and yep. he was more productive than than Werner. But uh, you know, on the basis of what we've seen, there's there's clearly room for two productive linebackers in mm. in New Orleans. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what Werner can do uh, when given the the chance to sort of try and reach that magical sort of thousand snaps um he's got he's got a really good chance to do that based on what we saw last week and i think he's got a really good uh, really good shot at at hitting those lb2 numbers um for for 2023 so yeah totally on board so let's um let's let's uh let's look at the guys we're not so hot on this week at the position mike which which linebackers are you fading in week two oh boy i was really i was really high on on leighton vanderesh coming into the season because i thought because reports that I had read, I even saw some tweets that he was going to be the play caller, that he was going to wear the dot this week or this season. So, you know, for me, I thought he was going to have a, a three down roll, uh, but that does not appear to be the case. I think he only played 68 to 69% of the snap. So Dallas didn't really deploy a true full time, even a true full time linebacker um, in week one, because him and Damon Clark both had, were in that high 60s range. Um, so Leighton Vanderesh for me is someone that unfortunately, um, is going to be hitting some bench. I think I had him ranked, let's see, last, last week. Um, I don't think I was too high on him. I had him as my LB 40 this week. I have dropped him down to my LB 55. So he's, uh, yeah, that, that snap rate and that usage didn't, uh, didn't help. He's actually a pretty productive tackler. He's a pretty efficient tackler. But when you're, my only issue with that is when you're playing sixty to sixty-five percent of the snaps, that that variance that you're going to be too volatile as far as your tackles. I mean, yeah, you could have eight tackles one week. Next week, if you're playing, you know, if if sixty percent of the snaps, that could be thirty, thirty to forty snaps. You could only have three to four tackles. So um, for me, Leighton Vanderesh is really only a guy I'm starting if I absolutely have to. 
Yeah, yeah, good call. Um, so I, I also moved him down this week. He's at 49 for me, same sort of range as as you. Um, yeah, for all the same reasons. Um, it's, it's, it's a shame, um, but, you know, it is what it is. We have to roll with it. Um, and, you know, we can move, move other guys up in his place. So uh, one of the guys I um, uh, dropped in my rankings quite, quite significantly this week uh, was, was Cole Holcomb. Um, mm -hmm. he's at, he's at 46 for me, one behind, uh, Jermaine Pratt and one ahead of, uh, a guy I thought I'd never, uh, list on my top 50 linebackers ever again. It's Kenneth Murray. So yeah, and Holcomb, <laughs> Holcomb led the, the position group, uh, with a, with a sort of 78% snap share, but, but Quan Alexander wasn't, wasn't far behind, um, nope. at all six, six fewer snaps. And even, you know, Landon Roberts had a, a fairly healthy snap share, uh, considering he was the third linebacker. There, so you know, we all saw that Steelers depth chart. Um, I want to say last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, which listed uh Holcomb or Alexander as the starter. And while we, you know, we don't invest you know too heavily in what we see mm -hmm. on, on depth, depth charts, that's kind yeah. of how it played out, played out, right? So, um, yeah, slightly concerned about Holcomb over the course of the season. 78% sounds like a pretty healthy number, um, but that will mean a decrease in the levels of production that we're, we're used to seeing from, from Holcomb. Um, for the commanders, he was you know, an every down guy. And the, the fact that Alexander wore the dot only sort of heightens those concerns that I have about Holcomb this year. So, yeah, if I was a Holcomb owner, I'd be a little worried. Um, it's not it's not a terrible situation, but it's mm -hmm. it's not as good as it was when he was when he was playing for Washington. Yeah, Holcomb and Alexander did share the uh, the play calling duties. So when Holcomb was on the field, there you know he was he was calling the plays. He had the dot, but when he was off, it was definitely Quan and and Alandon. So I think they definitely shared the responsibilities. But which is again not uh, not ideal for 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 fantasy purposes. I actually I actually don't mind. Quan Alexander is as a free agent pickup. I, he, I mean, if Holcomb continues to play, not, I mean, he didn't have a great game. Alexander seemed to be for someone who hadn't played for a while. He seemed to be quite spry and quite, quite active and around the ball. So yeah. um, Holcomb, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, Pittsburgh gave a, you know, again, doled, doled out the money for Holcomb and, so, well, I mean, he's probably going to get his chances, but, you know, Quan Alexander's looming and the Landon Roberts doesn't do well in coverage. So he's probably going to be coming. I'd imagine it's probably going to be Roberts who might be coming off the field a little bit more often in those passing situations. So I don't mind Quan as a, as like a sneaky free agent pickup. I know I took him in a few drafts as like a last linebacker and, you know, I might, I might be putting him in my lineup a, a few times over the course of the season. So, um, He'll have a really good matchup this week against Cleveland, um, against Nick Chubb, and um, so he'll definitely have his opportunities this week. Yep, yep. Okay, so uh, next up for you, uh, linebackers, you're low on for week two. Who's your next guy? So I – where did I have him last week? I don't think I had him uh, – yeah, actually, so – I was going to say Christian Harris is getting a little bit of a, a bump down. I had, I had Harris as my LB 26 last week. Uh, and I have, I, I took him down quite a bit. Uh, I took, I've, I've got Harris down on my LB 48. Dece I don't, I don't know what Indianapolis is. I don't know if they're running team. I, I they've got all of their running backs are hurt and they've got nobody running the ball. Anthony Richardson is, is like Josh Allen. He's their line. He's their running back, but 
Uh, yeah, I dropped Christian Harris down to, to my LB 48s. I think he had 72% of the snaps. So um, that was kind of a, a bummer. I thought he would kind of at least be in a full-time role and see at least 80%, 85%, but that might not be the case. Uh, Denzel Perriman was the lone three-down guy, wore the dot, called the plays, uh, definitely had the production. But uh, I was hoping Christian Harris would have a, a bigger role because Houston did – uh, run a little bit more nickel, run a little bit more base, but obviously they've got a, a much better coach with D'Amico Ryans than what they had last year. So, um, yeah, uh, Christian Harris definitely has uh, definitely hit a hit a drop. Um, if you have guys who have a, a more predominant role or have higher usage, I think you can safe probably safely park Christian Harris this week for someone who's getting a, a, a more full time three down role and hopes maybe. It was uh, just the way the game script went, and that's just the way things went. So, um, yeah, this week I'm 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 a little bit lower on Christian Harris this week. Yeah, I like it. Guess guess where I've got Christian Harris ranked? Let's see. I have him at LB forty eight. Um, do you have, do you have I, him higher, or do we no. do you have him right around where I have him? I, Exactly the same. LB LB forty eight. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah. So I've got him uh, one one spot behind Kenneth Murray, one ahead of uh, of LVE. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't a fan of uh, of Harris last year, um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't I wasn't surprised to see him play less than some expected him to play in week yeah. one uh, because of that reason. So. Uh, like you say, Perriman uh, or the Green Dot was the only full-time guy there, and even even some of the other guys, uh, Henry Tua Tua and, and, and Littleton, play play. They they actually play slightly more than I expected. So, um, yeah, my biggest concern wasn't even the fact that he played seventy-two percent of the snaps; is that he looked like the same guy we saw last year. You know, Demico Ryan's has been talking yeah. up a little bit, but he looked yeah. exactly the same as we as he saw as he played last year. He, he's, he's poor in. In almost every respect, um, I sometimes wonder whether I see something differently than, than everybody else because you know he was he was he was getting a bit of uh, getting a bit of love this off season, but you know yeah. it's, it's it's still very early days in his career. It's mm-hmm. it's obviously really early in this season, um, but yeah, that the performance really adds to my worries. Um, I suspect it's a little too early for the Ryan's to kind of pull the rug out from underneath him um, and, and pivot to another guy, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 not looking good unless Harris turns things around pretty quickly. Yeah, when you have a combination of of a poor grade and a low snap share, that is that's ripe for volatility um, and potentially even losing some snaps. So I I will be honest, I wrote Christian Harris up as a, one of my potential breakouts just because of what I was reading on him. It was just one of those things, Ryan. I mean. I want. I mean, I remember watching D'Amico Ryan's played, and you know he's such a such a good football mind, such a good coach. So I was hoping there would be a little bit of of development here, but uh, but yeah, it looks as if though there's kind of a continuation when looking at the the PFF grades. I think in uh, last year he had a 28 grade, he had a 43 grade this week. Uh, his run defense didn't improve. He had a 29 grade in de- run defense. Last year had a 29.5 grade in run defense last week. So it just could be he is who he is. And and when you see the blood red grade, that is not a good thing when you're looking at PFF grades. <laughs> yeah, those, those numbers are like for context, for those that don't follow PFF, those numbers are abysmal. They're like terrible, aren't they? Um, yeah. 
I'm, I'm concerned about him. I like the call. Uh, so my yeah. guy, ne- my next linebacker that I'm low on this uh, this week is, uh, and and going forward is uh, Brian Brian Asamoah. Um, so yeah. I I don't have him ranked at all. Uh, he's dropped completely out of my rankings. Uh, there's been a lot of hype about him this offseason. Um, he's another guy that you know. There's been a lot of talk about. Uh, he obviously dealt with the injury during the uh, the preseason. Um, yeah. But but many of us, me included, expected him to play uh, you know a large a large role in in week one. Three three percent of the defensive snaps though. That was uh, like didn't didn't <laughs> didn't see that coming. He's one of the yep. biggest biggest busts of the week for me. And I started him in, yep. in a couple of really deep leagues. I did um, too. I did too. You know, you know, Ivan Ivan Pace Junior is uh, he was a beneficiary. He's laughing, um, and I almost wrote him up as one of my risers in my rankings uh, this week. On the other side, he saw sort of a sixty eight percent snap share and played played really really well uh, as well. Oh, I mean, oof. yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, eight, eight combined tackles and QB hit, but uh, you know, some sometimes those numbers can uh, can be a little off, uh, misleading in the sense that you know every, any guy who's is on the field a fair amount can put up good numbers, but he also played really well. He was everywhere. Um, it's it's possible that the the Vikings were playing it safe with Asamoah's injury, but it was it was, it was pretty telling that he also played. Um, I think it was almost nine ten snaps on special teams, and that would be that would be a really odd call to my mind mm-hmm. if he. If he wasn't healthy, right? So yeah, I I I, I believe this is the direction in which they wanna they wanna go. Um, so yeah, he's he's my he's my my linebacker that I'm I'm low on this week. When you look at Ivan Pace, you you don't real you you don't think of his size. He just attacks, and he he doesn't wait. There's no wasted motion. He sees. Just he sees the ball, he sees the ball carrier, sees the hole, goes and gets and gets it. And he plays like he's about six four, six five. And yeah. I've I mean, Jordan Hicks had a decent game grade wise. Um pace played really well. So I I'm higher on pace and, and if it's at the expense of Esamoa or Hicks, then so be it. But pace looks like one of the better defenders on the field. For sure, for sure. And, you know, Hicks is, what is he now, 31, 32 in the last yep. year of his contract? So, yeah, I know we're talking about weekly rankings here, but um, but, but taking a look at Dynasty for a moment, um, it's 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 looking exciting for, for Pace coming forward, I think. Yep. So let's let's kind of turn our, our, our attention to the guys in the in the trenches for a minute. Um, what do you what do you have for us on the defensive line, Mike? Talk to me about some of the edge uh, or DTs um, that you like this week. So I think you, you, you liked one of my, one of my tweets. I, I think I'm all in on Aiden Hutchinson. I, I ranked Aiden Hutchinson as my number one DL. I think I had him ranked. Um, I think I had him pretty decently ranked uh, last week, uh, but I have, I'm going on on a limb and I am ranking him. Actually I had, yeah, I had Hutchinson as my DL 22 last week. So I've got him ranked number one. Uh, basically Seattle, the Seattle's entire Sales t- tackles are gone. Their starting tackles are gone. So when you watched Hutchinson last week um, against a pretty decent offensive line, I mean, he was really close on several occasions to getting to Mahomes, and even the the tackle was was cheating. So, um, so yeah, I mean, he still had seven pressures, solid pressure rate, big t- elite win rate. Um, 
I've got I've got Aiden Hutchinson as my DL one, and you can you know there's about four or five guys you can probably make an argument for DL one this week. Um, but I, I'm I'm rolling with Hutchinson as my DL one this week. I I love it. Uh, I love the bold the bold take. He he was everywhere, like you say. I was um hands up. I was kind of watching the game half half or hardly. I was I was busy working at the time and had some deadlines to meet. But yeah, after a while, I was like just glued. He was he was he, he was like you say. It seemed like he was in the backfield on on almost every play. Um, yeah. he's he's definitely definitely going to take that year year two jump. Um, into that uh the, maybe the bottom half of that elite tier. Um, in in twenty twenty three. Uh, I think so. Yeah, really, really excited about him. Um, my my first guy is a guy that I've been really excited about for 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 a long time. It's Jalen Jalen Carter, um, DT for the for the Eagles. I've got him ranked as my uh, DL fifty five, but my DT thirteen, uh, one behind Lennon Williams and one ahead of Grady Jarrett. Um, and based on uh, what I'm going to talk about in a second, I think I might even be able to have him a little higher than that. Um, so. Yeah, look, a lot of us have been big, big fans of, of Carter's for a while, and I, I actually love the the landing spot with the Eagles. It's it's actually one of the few predictions I, I got right in terms of who would get drafted by by which team. Pretty happy with that. So, um, yeah, I was made up to see him start so so fast in in week one. Finish with uh, with eight pressures, leading not only all interior defensive linemen, but uh, also tying Arden Key and uh, John Franklin Myers for the most pressures among all linemen. Um, so yeah, I mean, he took some, he took advantage of some of the really sloppy play of the inexperienced Patriots guards, um, but it was still a really, a really impressive performance, I think. So uh, I would have had him a bit higher on my, uh, my ranks, but he, he was playing in a bit of a rotation there. Um, Fletcher Cox led the position group 62%. Carter was on the field for, I think it was exactly half the snaps. And both Jordan Davis and Milton Williams weren't far behind uh, Carter. Um, but I think it helps Carter's cause for week two that Cox was limited in practice after uh, taking a shot to the ribs. Um, I think he's going to play based on what I saw earlier today, but um, maybe he's, his, his snap share is going to be reduced slightly. Um, and I, I think Carter's week two matchup is, is excellent. Um, Vikings center Garrett Bradbury is, is struggling with that back injury and he's questionable ahead of uh, a quick turnaround on Thursday night football um, and then you've got Ed Ingram and Ezra Cleveland at guards uh, at guard, sorry, and they allowed the most and the third most pressures in 2022 and surrendered 16 sacks between them I think in a, in a DT required league I like Carter as a sort of a high end DT2 or a low end DT1 this week yeah, another guy I like. Uh, I liked him last week, and I like him again this week. And it's, it's Montez Sweat um, uh, against the Denver Broncos. From what I can tell, he should line up on the on Mike McGlinchey's side of the field. And McGlinchey mm-hmm. did not have a good game um, in forty two pass block snaps. He gave up six pressures, uh, one sack, one hit, and four hurries. And Montez Sweat had a uh, a pretty, from what I can remember, had a really solid game. Um, for, for Washington, from what I can remember. Um, yeah, I think he had three pressures. I think he had a multi-sack game. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'd like Montez Sweat's matchup against Mike McGlinchey this week. So, uh, I think I, I think I initially ranked him as my, um, as my DL 16. 
Uh, that's going to go up once, you know, with now that I see that he's going to be matching up on McGlinchey, I'll probably bump him up to probably top 10 status. So um, I ha- I'll probably have him as a DL one this as a, as a DL one this week. So um, definitely like the, the matchup against McGlinchey. Nice. Yeah. I've got him at 14 in my ranks uh, just behind Joey, Joey Bosa at 13 and, uh, and Wosu at uh at 15. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with, uh, with that. Um, my, my next guy, uh, on the defensive line is, uh, Will Anderson Jr. Uh, the Texans. I've got him at edge, uh, 19 or DL 22. That is, uh, one behind, uh, Thibodeau and one ahead of Zadarius Smith. Um, so yeah, I mean, he just takes a lot of boxes for me. First and foremost, he's obviously a really talented player. We all know that. Um, but he's but he's also earned that really sort of healthy snap share, 75% right out of the gate, only mm-hmm. only just behind uh, Jonathan Greenard in that sense. Um, I think I think most of us expected uh, Anderson to have a really solid rookie year, kind of in the uh, akin to the likes of sort of Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson from last year. Um, we do expect some quiet weeks to happen. Um, you know that consistency is, isn't always there with these rookies. Um, yeah. But it was it was really encouraging to see Anderson start so strongly. Five pressures, a sack, and, and five combined tackles. Um, uh, the one thing I will say is a matchup isn't the easiest in week two. He's got uh, Braden Smith. Um, the Colts' right tackle will be is, is sort of main main opponent. And I think Smith's an above average pass blocker, um, but he's not he's not unbeatable. And I wouldn't rule out Anderson continuing his uh, his fast start. Yeah, that's a good call. Would, you knew Anderson was going to get some of the was going to. I mean, they, look at it, what Houston did. They traded up to get him, so of course he's going to play. I mean, you have to play him. Um, kind of the. Kind of, you know, if you missed out on Micah Parsons and you landed Will Anderson, while well, I don't want to compare the two, you're, you know, you got a similar, similar prototype edge rusher uh, with Anderson than, than, and if you missed out on Parsons uh, a few years ago. Totally, totally. So um, let's flip this on its head a little bit and uh, talk about some of the guys that you've dropped in your rankings on the defensive line. Who, uh, who are you fading in week two? Oh man. Um, the, the defensive line is is, is kind of tough kind of tough um I didn't really pay attention to many of the the guys that I that I had ranked but I do as much as I like the Tennessee edge rushers I might pump the brakes a little bit on them um I I, I do like Danico Autry but I do think with uh, uh, Rashawn Slater, whoever is matching up on Rashawn Slater, I think is going to have a really tough matchup. I mean, in 30, uh, 46 pass block snaps, only gave up one total pressure. So it, whoever is going to see Rashawn Slater is going to have a tough matchup this week. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm a big uh, big Slater fan, as you can tell from the two Chargers <laughs> behind me. Chargers helmet on the, on the, in the corner over there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I like that. I've, I've gone with uh, Zayvon Collins. Um, this would probably be uh, an unpopular choice based on uh, how he how he scored in fantasy last last week. Um, but I've got him down at edge forty one or DL fifty three, one behind Greenard and, and one ahead of uh, Samson Ebukam. Um, I know he had a big week um, with those two turnovers, and a lot of people will point to that as a sign that his his conversion to an edge rusher is is is, is started really well. But I think those those kind of plays are going to be the exception. Right, yeah. I'm kind of I'm, I'm concerned that he generated no pressures at all, despite rushing the passer 22 times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside of those two turnovers, he had no pressures and 
only managed two two tackles. So, you know, assuming he's used similarly uh, to how he was used last week, his main opponent this week will be one of the best left tackles in the league, Andrew Thomas of, of the Giants. That's, of course, assuming Thomas can make it back from the, I want to say, hamstring injury that he's, that he's currently nursing. Um, uh, on the opposite side, Evan Neal, he allowed eight pressures, a sack, you know, against the Cowboys. But let's be honest, you know, Zayvon Collins is no uh, is no Micah Parsons. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm not looking too too much into that. I'm also fading Collins a little bit because he he only plays 59% of the defensive snaps. Mm. And that's not terrible, terrible for an edge rusher, but it's, yeah. it's not where it needs to be for me to rank him higher. Um, everybody above him in my rankings, or the vast majority, um, saying towards the top end, play more snaps than Collins. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and there was a bunch of other guys, like four or five guys at the position for the Cardinals all play between like 15 and 39, 40% of the snaps. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of competition over there. And um, of those guys, Gardek, obviously, Dennis Gardek had a really productive week. So you'd imagine that his... His uh, involvement might increase a little bit, and you know BJ Ojolari, his role is only going to increase as he becomes more more familiar with uh, with with what it takes to play in the NFL. So yeah, I I am I am not as high on Collins as uh, almost everybody else that I seem to speak to. Um, maybe yeah. I'm missing something. I just I'm just not there yet. No, I've got him as my DL sixty six this week. So hey, not someone, mind, not so, yeah, not not someone I'm too interested in right now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. Um, so your next, do you have any other defensive linemen um, that you're not keen on? I've got a, I've got one I want to go off on, if not. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's Preston Smith um, of, the, of the Packers. So I've, I've got him down at edge 44 or DL 58, one behind uh, John Franklin Myers. I probably should have Myers a little higher and one ahead of uh, Bonnie Okoronkwo. And I think... Yeah, I mean, Rashan Gary was obviously on a snap count um, after the return from injury, and he played only, I think it was like 12 snaps in total. Um, so you kind of expect Smith to to have a larger role given given Gary, Gary's limited role and the fact that, you know, Van Ness was supposed to be this raw raw prospect who's not yet ready. Um, but yeah. Uh, looked like ready two, to me. Van Ness looked yeah. ready to me. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gary. Gary tied for the uh, the 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 team lead amongst Packers edge rushers with five pressures, despite only rushing the pass a ten times. Ten times. I, had to, I had to double check that. That's, yeah. that's crazy. In fact, I'm going to double check it again because I just I still can't believe it. I've looked at this about three or four. No, times. it's it's right. No, he yeah. had a fifty percent pressure rate. No, he had quite the efficiency. <laughs> Mad. Um, so yeah, he 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 kind of tied for the for the team league, despite as I say only only rushing the pass. Uh, 10 times and then um you know van ness or, or smith had three pressures uh, van ness had five and a sack despite playing the same number of defensive snaps as smith so mm-hmm. yeah i mean we're used to seeing smith uh, have upwards of a 75 percent snap share each week that's what he had last last year and sometimes quite quite a bit in excess of that the fact that he was largely ineffective compared to a guy who they drafted to be his successor despite the fact that number one uh, was was limited uh, on on a, on a limited snap count is 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 not good. I think his outlook's pretty bleak uh, on the basis of what we saw last week. Gary's role will obviously grow as he continues to get healthy, and it might be hard to scale back Van Ness's usage if he continues to show that he has something. Uh, I think Smith's the loser in this equation. 
Yep, I think so too. Okay, okay. So, um, last but definitely not least, let's take a look at some of these uh, these defensive backs. Um, it's a it's a tricky one, defensive backs. Mm-hmm. There's so much there's so much volatility, um, but there are some key things we look to and look for uh, in terms of their usage. Um, so, yeah, um, Mike, which DBs are you getting excited about ahead of week two? Um, well, there's a there's a few. I'm always gonna be I'm always gonna be a uh, and this isn't my Browns fandom talking, but it's I, I really like the way Grant Delpit played last week. I actually had Delpit. Uh, let's see, I ranked I had him as my DB twelve last week, and I have him now as my DB four this week. Um, playing right around the line of scrimmage the majority of the time, he's getting that slot box role. Uh, led the team in tackles last week, and I think has another pretty solid matchup against the Steelers. So without Jalen Waddle, you could see him uh, tackling a, quite a bit on Najee Harris. Uh, you'll also see him probably covering the tight end in Fermuth. So um, he'll play some deep ball, but it, it's probably going to be mostly, again, on the line of scrimmage. So uh, I'm, I'm always going to – I always like when uh, when my DBs are playing near the line of scrimmage. I want the tackles. Don't necessarily need the interceptions or the volatility for the tackles. But, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely like Grant Delpit this week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I love Delpit. I've got him at uh, 12, you know, right on the uh, borderline LB, LB, safety one. Um, like you say, plays a lot of his snaps in the box. I'm uh, similar-minded to you. I like my guys to be consistent, high tackle numbers, um, you know, if the big plays come, they come. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we know they're uh, largely the consequence of luck anyway. But yeah, yeah, I'd rather have that tackle tackle floor and and Delp is one guy that I'm I'm really confident is is going to deliver that for me most most weeks. So I've gone um, with Julian Blackman uh, of the Colts. Um, I've got him as my DB and my safety twenty two, one behind uh, Rayshon Jenkins and one ahead of uh, Justin Simmons. You know, firstly, um, you know, he played every down, which is, for me, the biggest differentiator pretty much at any fantasy spot. Um, Maybe edge rush is the the exception, but certainly at defensive back, there's just so many startable DBs in in IDP, and I I want a guy that never comes off the field. Um, Secondly, he spent over half of his snaps in the box or on the defensive line, and that's, you know, as we talked about there with with Delpit, it's it's a recipe for uh, healthy or, or healthier snack. Uh, sorry, tackle volume. So, um, yeah, I mean, he only he only uh, managed six combined tackles in week one, but I'm I'm really optimistic he can he can either match or surpass that number most weeks. Um, and also, it never hurts when you've got a DB who's going up against a rookie quarterback, uh, especially so early in the season. And that's what Blackman has this week when he faces uh, the Texans and CJ Stroud. So, yeah, I like his chances to have a good week. Where do you have him ranked? I have him ranked at 22. Okay, that's that's going to be our first big disparity because I have him as my DB 50. Nice. Uh, he's never been anybody that just stood out. And like you said, he has he gets a good usage, but just doesn't seem to do anything with it. So that's my just my reasoning why I don't have him have him ranked. I just has never stood out and, and, and really done anything. So with that said, since I've said that I have him as my DB 50, watch him go and put up like 12 tackles this week. That's it. I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straight in my Twitter DM. No, they won't be DMs. I'll be, I'll be out you in public, Mike. Yeah. You'll be blast. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be uh, blasting me, uh, subtweeting me and just everything in between. 
you know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Um, your next, your next DB. Who, uh, who do you like uh, for week two? Yeah, I might be uh, might be a victim of recency bias, but I got Christian Gonzalez as my DB thirteen. Um, just that Miami offense seems to be quite uh, doing quite a bit of passing. Um, last week, Michael Davis led the led the Chargers in tackles, which is six. Um, but Tua did throw an interception, um, and then the uh, the corners were responsible for six defended passes. So, I think Christian Gonzalez is also going to play a little bit up on on the line of scrimmage too. So, um, I think Christian Gonzalez is looks to be you know I know it's only one game, but he kind of looks to be kind of that it kind of looks like a, a, a real deal type of a corner. So, um, I, I I gave him a, a pretty big bump up this week. Yeah, um, yeah, he's my uh, CB uh, twelve this week. Um, one spot behind Source Gardner, and one ahead of uh, Darius Slay. I think it was a yeah, like you said, a really, a really promising start. Um, played every every defensive snap. Was the only Patriots corner to do so, I think. Um, and you know, like you say, he was productive. Six six total tackles, a pass breakup, a sack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, granted that sack came on. Uh, his only his only blitz attempt of the game, and he won't be targeted ten times every week. But uh, yeah, he should be kept busy against Tua and that uh, that Dolphins passing attack mm-hmm. in uh, in week two. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I yeah I'm on board with that one. I like it. Um, my first DB that I've gone with, sorry, my second DB that I've gone with is uh, Von Bell uh, Panthers. So I've got him as my DB and safety sixteen, one behind Harrison Smith and one ahead of Jalen Thompson. Um, you know, we kind of expected him to play a large role in sort of Evero's scheme after signing that 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 relatively big contract for a safety. I can't remember the numbers, but I remember thinking that's that's good money for a, a safety. Considering, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, while the way that the Panthers deployed their safeties in the preseason suggested Bell would play a big part, I wasn't taking anything for granted, given that Jeremy Chin and uh, Xavier Woods are in town. So... It was really reassuring to see Bell play every down last week while Woods settled for an 81% snap share and Chin followed uh, in third with 73%. It was also, I also thought it was really encouraging to note that Bell played a healthy amount of snaps in the box for reasons we talked about earlier with other guys. So, yeah, look, he only finished with uh, with two two solo tackles, and that's that's pretty, pretty damn poor, two missed attempts as well. Um, but I'm confident he'll have a more... Productive outing going forward. Um, if his usage remains similar to what we saw last weekend, so a guy I'm probably going to be a sneaky guy, um, someone that I'm pulling from my uh, from from my four for four waiver wire article, Marquise Bell, converted safety. I think he's now primarily playing linebacker, but he's gonna he still has the DB designation. Um, He's, if you don't pick, you're definitely going to want to keep an eye on him. If you don't pick him up, definitely have him on your radar. I think he only played 44, he only played 44% of the snaps, but he stood out big time to me last week during that game against the Giants. Made some pretty big plays, looked like he had been playing linebacker his entire career. So I bumped him up pretty big. I might, again, kind of maybe an overreaction, but I'm kind of betting on the play. Uh, but Marquise Bell is definitely someone you want to keep an eye on going forward. Um, like I said, he played 31 total snaps, and I think he had, I think he led the team in tackles with eight. Uh, had a big tackle for loss and a forced fumble. So 
just one of those guys that played like he has uh, played with his hair on fire and just seemed to be all over the field. So uh, Marquise Bell, I think, is somebody you're going to want to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna, I was gonna counter you when you started talking about Bell, but for the reason that you already you alluded, <laughs> you alluded to there, that that snap count was was not where we'd want it for a guy mm-hmm. sort of going forward. But it's definitely, you know, deep rosters is definitely a place to pick up a guy like that um, in the hope that, um, you know, the way he's playing uh, will lead to mm-hmm. increased opportunity going forward. So I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike it, Mike, as I was about to, about to launch into, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I don't dislike it. Um, <laughs> um, so my, my next guy is uh, so Tracy Walker. Um, bit of an obvious one, um, but the reasons I'll, I'll go into. So we heard the Lions uh, were kind of moving. Um, this is my first low, moving Branch into uh, a slot role um, and moving CJ Gardner to safety alongside Kirby Kirby Joseph. But some of us didn't want to believe that until we saw it in a meaningful game. So, But that's exactly what played out in, in week one. Walker didn't play a single uh, defensive down, uh, managed only a, a, couple of, a couple of snaps on special teams. So... Um, I should point out that Brian Branch is is currently questionable after suffering uh, cramps last week, leaving the game. But it doesn't sound like the sort of injury that'll that'll keep him out uh, uh, from playing a week two. So unless Walker leapfrogs one of the guys ahead of him, or an injury befalls one of the starting unit, I I think he's got no no value in in IDP. Um, so I appreciate there we we kind of flip flop there, Matt, uh, Mike. I've I've stolen you uh, one of the early guys I'm low on at the DB mm-hmm. position. So um, I'll let you let you go next. Um, I, I don't like, I don't like Terrell Edmonds, just a high snap, low efficiency tackler. And that's just bad news for IDP. He's, he had one lone hundred tackle season in Pittsburgh in 2019. And I think he is just, he just hasn't produced uh, 68 tackles in 15 games in 2020, 89 tackles in 2021. And this is a guy who's played, you know, 2018 as a rookie, 966 snaps, 2019, over a thousand snaps, 2020, 860 snaps, 2021, over 1100 snaps. So he, he is a high volume, low efficiency tackler. Um, I, I know Edmonds got a lot of kind of got a lot of run with his move to Philly. It, he's the same player that he was in Pittsburgh and not really somebody I really want to, uh, to really have on my roster. So um, I am definitely probably lower on, on Terrell Edmonds than, than some of the others. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. I have been moaning about Edmonds for, for ages. It's, it's, it, what's frustrating with him is that he's got the kind of profile of a guy that we we like. You know, he's one of those guys that has played near the line of scrimmage for for years, mm-hmm. um, uh, at least higher than than the, than the average. Um, but like you say, that, that his tackle numbers um, never quite there. Um, big plays never really quite there. He's he's just mm-hmm. been slightly disappointing. Um, yep. but not not so disappointing that I'm not still half tempted to pick him up as a DB4 <laughs> in the hope that uh, maybe the the move to to Philly would have would have turned things around but uh yeah I'm I'm with you um the only other guy I have to mention at the DB position who I'm low on uh this week is uh is Brandon Jones I had I had a 
I was, I was, I kind of knew what was going to happen, but there was a part of me that was a little hopeful that that maybe um, he still had a role there. Um, but it's 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 all Javon Holland and Deshaun Elliott now yep. uh, there at that position, yep. and and Jones barely barely played at all. It's a bit of a disappointment because he. Um, like Edmonds, in fact, more so than Edmonds, was one of those guys that we knew would always play near the line of scrimmage. It's just the kind of player he is. He'd, uh, you know, the tackle volume would, would always be there with him. Uh, unfortunately for him, as things stand, he, he can kind of be forgotten about in IDP. He's a waste of a roster space right now. Yeah, and he was always a guy that was a pretty efficient blitzer too. He got sacks and and would always get pressure. So um, yep. has definitely fallen off uh, the radar and definitely fallen off a of favor um, I like Deshaun Elliott coming in. Um, I did see a lot of Brandon Jones talk, but um, I actually did like D- Deshaun Elliott coming in. Um, I don't think I started many leagues. I just kind of wanted to take the wait and see approach, but it, it did it did work out. It looks like uh, Joan, or uh, Elliott and Holland are kind of going to be too high safety. They're each going to play up near the line, line of scrimmage on some plays, but uh, uh, Holland had, himself had a pretty solid game. So both of the safeties were very productive last week. Yeah, both had a really good game, didn't they? So yeah, it's good good to see for them too. Not so good for Jones. <laughs> that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's that's a wrap, Mike. Um, All right. It's 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 been a blast uh, having you on the show this week. I know it would be you nailed you nailed your takes, um, especially <laughs> especially at linebacker. I knew that would be the case. Um, you know, linebacker guru. Thanks thanks so much for joining me. Um, would you would you please remind our, our viewers or listeners uh, where they can find you and your fine work uh, for the 2023 season. Yep. I will be at four for four.com. That's where you can find my three down article. Uh, it is not behind a paywall uh, again this season. So everybody should have, can have access to that. Uh, all my ranks are, are at four for four and I'll have my waiver wire. And then I'll, as always get to me on Twitter at Mike underscore Wollert and happy to help answer any questions that I can. So um Love talking football, love talking everything else. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, I would uh, I would encourage people to definitely check out Mike's work, especially that uh, that Green Dot article. It's uh, it's one of the the articles I I look forward to every year. Um, I use it myself. It's one of the first things I look at uh, after the slate of games each week. So yeah, go check out Mike. Um, thanks for for anyone who uh, who spared the time to check out the show. Uh, we. Appreciate your time, and we hope you found it useful. If you want to follow me, you can find me on X. I've, I've just got used to saying X now, uh, at Jace Abbey. It's J-A-S-E-A-B-B-E-Y. And the full rankings we've touched on today are available to subscribers on the IDP Show substack at theidpshow.com. For now, good luck with your week two matchups, and I'll be back again to talk about those week three rankings next Wednesday. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>